Ready to dominate at the plate? Blast Baseball is trusted by more major league and college teams than any other hitting solution. The Blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 at checkout to save $25. nine o'clock let's get right into it we do this show every monday through thursday at 9 p.m eastern on x spaces i'm alan gay and this is now d1 speaks hey we got a special show tonight we're going to do something a little bit different kind of stepping out of baseball but it's going to have a big impact on any young athletes that i know will be listening we got mark paisant with us he is a certified personal trainer he's a podcaster He's got a wealth of experience. He's a former college athlete, uh, lives in Georgia now, just outside of Atlanta. And we're just going to be, hey, we're super excited to be talking to Mark tonight. Hey, man, are you with us? I am. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you for taking the time to be on. Why don't you maybe just give a, a quick introduction of yourself and who you are? Uh, and, you know, that, that gets <laughs> different every time, especially when people ask me instead of me asking them. Um, it's, you know, I like to tell people I'm a I'm a father I'm a husband I'm a guy just trying to to figure this thing out called life and and trying to be the best version of myself um you know former college athlete as you said I uh, was a two-sport athlete for most of my my life or most of my career I should say with basketball and soccer down here in Georgia and then played soccer over at Clemson since then I've, I've lived in the DC area and now like you said I'm back down in the Atlanta area man that's fantastic I can't wait to get into this and uh Hey, and I love the way you introduce yourself. First, I'm a father and I'm a husband. And then you kind of get into your career, man. That's so cool. And that's what it's all about. And I can absolutely relate to that. So, Mark, let me kind of ask you something. I, you know, kind of jump right into your own personal journey just a little bit. I, I know you've had a, uh, an interesting background, probably had some um, um, uh, depression-type anxiety issues that you've dealt with, probably dealt with some physical body-type issues as well. And you've really taken all of that and kind of turned it into becoming an advocate for mental health and fitness. Kind of walk through maybe what the motivation was that really put you on the path to where you are today. You know, and I, I appreciate you uh, mentioning that because, yeah, that, that was something that I've had for – you know, most all of my life, like I, I was, you know, I grew up a kid that kid and a teenager that was just this happy go lucky kid. I, I not a lot, you know, really brought me down. I tried to keep a smile on my face. I was the class clown. I, I love to make people laugh. I, I like to, you know, make fun of myself. I, I, I was that kid who was well known and growing up and growing out of it, I kind of realized, well, I didn't kind of, I did realize that a lot of that stuff I was doing was just masking insecurities that I had. And um, it took me maturing, not getting older, but it took me maturing to figure out that it was okay for me to be myself. And I didn't have to be this, you know, happy, jovial person all the time, because it was exhausting. And getting into college sports, I really felt like just a fish out of water because I I really didn't love the game as my as much as my teammates did. Don't get me wrong, I, I loved playing soccer, I loved playing you know basketball, I loved those things, but it wasn't my life. And for the longest time in college, I tried to make it my life because everyone else did, which led me down to a path of therapy where you know I finally got the help that I, I needed to be able to be able to talk to somebody. And then leaving the game, 
you know, I didn't have anybody pushing me to stay in any type of shape. I didn't have that coach, that trainer, you know, getting me in the, in the gym at, at 6 a.m. Um, and I, I let myself go. I did. I, I stopped working out. I, I ate too much. I started doing with a lot of people who were over 21 do and start drinking a little too much. And out of nowhere, I, I got out of shape, overweight, which led to some body image issues, which led to more depression, which le led to me just feeling down about myself, working some jobs that were that were dead end jobs that I just the cycle continued until I finally decided to get the help I needed um, in regard to talking to my primary care physician, talking to my therapist. And, and then I started to realize, well, you know what, if 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 I feel this way and everybody on the outside looking in thinks everything's okay with me. Like there's gotta be other people who feel the same way that I do, which kind of started the journey of, of the relatively normal podcast and, and me being able to talk to people about their feelings and, and opening up. So they knew that it was okay to feel the way I did. It just wasn't okay to hide it and to not, you know, work on what you need to work on. Man, thanks for walking through that. And a couple of things just popped out to me. Well, more than just a couple of things, maybe a couple of things I'll just bring up. Um, I love when you were saying, hey, I just started to mature. I, I wasn't getting older. I was just maturing. I think I saw or read, and you probably know for sure, but like men's brains, boys' brains, we, they really aren't fully developed until you're in your late 20s, early 30s. I mean, it just it takes a while for maturity to really kind of come along in your life. And, and it's a shame because you're having to make so many critical decisions when you're when you when in reality your brain's not even fully developed, <laughs> you know, and so I mean it gets pretty difficult. And then the other thing that I that I picked up on was, hey man, you were obviously a super great athlete. I mean, you had an opportunity to play uh, at Clemson, which has a fantastic soccer program. So you're a big time athlete, and uh, and it, but you weren't passionate about it. And I, I think in this world of athletics you really have to live and die the sport you're playing to be successful. It's got to be just burning in you to, to be able to really truly be successful. Cause there's so many other things that are coming at you in your life. And if that's not a hundred percent where you want to be, no matter how good you are, man, it just creates a lot of struggles. And I, you know, I appreciate you bringing that up. Well, to say something to that too, it's, it's in, and I'll go a step further than that. And it's, if, you show any type of, you know, love for something else. And there, there are some great examples. And I'll bring up Serena Williams because, you know, to, after the birth of her child, after, you know, the, her, her injury, um, you know, she started getting into fashion and getting into other things. And she had the passion for tennis, but she got yeah, a lot of people were upset at her because they thought that tennis should have been her life. Now, this is a young woman who has gotten married, has started a family, is thinking about life after the sport. So not just for that person to be successful on the uh, people on the outside looking in now think that you don't have the love or you don't have the passion just because you're thinking outside of the box. So there's two parts to that. So I want people to understand that if they show any type of like affection for something outside of the sport, then be prepared to have to answer those questions about, do you love the sport anymore? That's interesting. That's a good point. It's a really good point. It's something to absolutely consider. So let me ask you how, you know, especially 
being mindful of our audience, and I know you know our audience is primarily uncommitted uh, baseball players, whether they're in college, in the transfer portal, junior college, or high school. What what advice would you really give them in regards to using physical fitness to really kind of help with your some of the mental stresses that you may be going through? You know, this is something that I love to talk about because in, in I can tell you right now, one of the things I used to do, I, I, I run all the time, or at least I, I used to run all the time. I'm, I'm going through some therapy right now for a nagging knee injury. But um, every time I was, I, I tried to run a lot especially, um, you know, during my lunch break, but I would run, especially after something stressful, something that was anxiety producing. And I would run to, to basically run away from that to say, Oh, I'm going through something. Let me, let me go. And so many people do this. So many people say, Oh, I'm having a stressful day. Let me go for a walk. Let me do this. Let, Let me do something to get energy out. And I would try to run away from it and forget about it. And so I'd go on this run, be a great run, four or five miles, whatever it was. And I'd come back feeling really good. And then I realized, oh, I still have to deal with what I have to deal with. (laughs) And there's a little shift that I did a couple years ago where I wouldn't run or work out to get away from what was stress inducing. I would run to lean into it. And it's just a a really small, just paradigm shift where you're like, listen, this is happening in my life. Let me take a run and think about what's going on. Let me take a run to clear my head and figure out how to how to work on this. And that way. You're basically physically you're doing nothing different. You're still going, you're still doing the proactive thing. We're not talking about someone who's going, you know, to a bottle for, for stress, to drugs for, for stress, to food for stress. We're not talking about a person doing that. We're talking about a person using exercise for stress relief. And instead of using it to run away, just use that mind, that little shift in your mind to lean into it. And that's what I started to do. And, and even thinking about it now, like it totally changed my days, totally changed my day. I didn't come back to a surprise of, oh man, I still have to do this. I came back to two or three, you know, solutions in my head. So it was a totally different shift for me. Man, I love that. That is great advice. And just personally, I can absolutely relate to that. I work out in the mornings and there's so much going through my mind while I'm working out. It's almost like the endorphins are just being released. I'm just, I'm figuring out the world's problems during the day while I'm working out. And I, and I, just had that excitement when I finished that I'm ready to jump in the shower and just get to work. I love that. I never even really, cons- I always brag to my wife about that, but I never really considered the fact that maybe I was leaning into it, you know, instead of saying, Hey, let me, let me just work out. So I don't have to think about what's got to be done today. It, it seems to be, let me work out so that I can figure out what it is I'm doing today. That's great, man. I love that. That's super advice right there. Hey, everyone that's joining us this evening, thank you so much for being here. We absolutely appreciate it. Uh, We record this space, and one of the reasons that we record it is so that we can retweet it out in its entirety. Uh, Tonight, we're talking with Mark Paisant. He is a certified personal trainer. He's a podcaster. He's a former college athlete. He has got... He's got real life experiences and uh, he's able to help. He's been able to help himself, but he's also been able to help a lot of other people as well. So super excited to have Mark here. Hey, let's talk a little bit about your podcast. You brought it up earlier, the Relatively Normal Podcast. I love that name. 
And I got to tell you, I love your voice. I mean, you got a really cool voice. I absolutely could listen to you, and I'm, I'm sure your podcast does really well. Just kind of give us a sense of what it is that uh, your primary message with your podcast. Well, you know, I, again, I love telling this story. I was um, really quickly, I was in a therapy session probably about six years ago, maybe, maybe a little more than that, five or six years ago. And um, I really felt like the only person sad in the world was me. And I really mean that it was, it was a sunny day. Like I, I was coming from work. Um, there was no traffic and it was just one of those days that make you realize that, you know, depression can be just one of those things where it's a imbalance of, you know, uh, hormones in your brain or, or chemicals in your brain. And, and I was just in a really down place and, you know, shout out to my, my therapist at the time, Dr. Nedler. And, and he just finally asked me about halfway through, he said, Mark, tell me what you want. Like, tell me what you really want. And I told him, I said, all those people who are outside smiling, laughing, giggling, having a good time, not a care in the world. I want to be normal like them. And he told me that there's nothing wrong with you. This is who you are. There's just different triggers that you just have to realize you have and learn to cope with them. Your normal is relative. And that stuck with me. That stuck with me since that, that day. And and I was like, oh, my God, like, he is right. Like, I mean, of course, he's right. He's my therapist. But I was like, he is right. Like, there's nothing, quote, unquote, wrong with me. It's just I see the world differently. I have unique triggers, and I have to just come up with coping mechanisms for it. So I went back home, and a couple months later, I'm, I'm, I'm putting together this podcast, and I, I, I said, you know what? Again, to my point before, there's people out there, and specifically men, that don't think they have an ear to listen to them. They don't think they have a voice for them. They don't think they have a place that they can say how they feel without some type of stigma or ridicule. And I was like, if this six foot five black dude, former cause athlete, can come out and say that he doesn't feel great, then they'll probably attach to that. And that's kind of where it started. Man, that's good stuff. So let me ask you something, Mark. Where can we find your podcast? And really, more importantly, hey, man, where can we find you? What's the best way to be able to connect with you and see what it is that you're offering? And maybe, hey, maybe even be, just reach out for help. Yeah, so I tell people all the time, I am, you know, you can find the, the fitness. It's Paisant underscore fitness, so P-A-I-S-A-N-T underscore fitness on Instagram. And then Relatively Normal Podcast on Instagram. However, if you just go to LinkedIn and put in my name, Mark Paisant, I'm on LinkedIn a lot and I, and I answer people and there's been plenty of times that I've had people reach out to me and say, Hey, I heard you on this podcast. I heard your podcast and I appreciate, you know, what you're saying. D do you mind if, if I just reach out to you sometime and, and listen, yes, 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 yes. Please reach out to me. Um, I, I think there is a, a sense of responsibility that, that most of us think we have, that most of us want to help. We just don't know how to. And it's, it's almost hilarious in the fact that we make everything complicated when it doesn't have to be. Like literally, if you text me or call me or message me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, 
we can, I will respond and I will, I will listen to you and I want to listen to you. I want to make sure you're heard and make sure you don't feel alone in this world. Man, that's good stuff right there. Thank you for sharing that. And I know people are going to be reaching out to you. This is, uh, this is great stuff tonight, Mark. I'm very, very happy that you agreed to, to jump on the show with us. Uh, let me ask you a little bit more about maybe therapy and counseling. You, you know, you've kind of brought it up a couple of times that you were talking to your therapist and so forth. You know, there, there's still, even in today's world, there's a little bit of a stigma that kind of goes with seeking help. And especially with young athletes, just in general athletes, you know, I mean, you're kind of in your top physical form. It's kind of hard to reach out and almost appear weak. And, 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 and there's not a weakness. And so the point that I'm trying to get to, what, how, how could you kind of encourage maybe some young athletes to, to reach out if they're feeling something's maybe not quite right and, and to pursue not just your physical well-being, but also your mental well-being? You know, I, um, I hope that this message reaches coaches too, um, because I'm now a coach and, you know, I've, I've coached basketball and soccer, both boys and girls. And, and I think there is, and I love volunteer coaches. I know college coaches get paid. I know high school coaches get paid, but I love volunteerism. I think it's as close to sainthood as, as you can get. But the thing I would say is from jump, from the earliest point you can you have to not only be honest with yourself you have to be honest with your coach and your teammates and here's the thing I grew up in an era where if if you showed the any sign of weakness that was seen as detrimental to the team and there was I I remember specifically there was a time I was playing club soccer uh, down in Georgia, and we had we had a really good team. We I think we had won state a couple years in a row, and we had these three players that we brought on from another team. And one was another goalkeeper. I was a goalkeeper. I was the only goalkeeper on the team for a long time, and I don't know how that worked. But we got another goalkeeper for the team, and we were doing these sprints at the end of practice, these zigzag sprints, uh, you know, relay race style. And at the very end myself and the other goalkeeper were the last two to go. We were the anchors and I had a little bit of a lead on him, but he was, he was, ulti- he was faster than me. Like it wasn't a, people knew he was faster than me. So I was expecting him to catch up with me, but I was going to give everything I had to win this race. And we're coming down to one of the last zigzags. We're, we're, we're both, you know, going around this cone and we're going, we're going on a dead heat to each other we're going to run into each other first practice we've been together (laughs) and i let him go in front of me he wasn't going to stop like i let he he was not going to stop and he was rewarded for it it was like oh yeah good job and i think tony was his name yeah good that's that's how you do it you know this real macho masculine tone to the to the, the the racing in my head, I was thinking, well, if both of us get injured, that's not going to help the team. So my perspective was different. His perspective was, I'm going to do everything I can to prove that I am the tougher individual, that I am that I'm going to win. I'm going to do everything I can to win this race. And in my head, I'm doing everything I can to help the team. 
And I mentioned that story because there's so many times in our life we have an injury. We have, we're just not there totally. We had an issue where we have a big test coming up. We have recruiting stuff that's happening. We have coaches from the SEC, ACC, PAC, well, no longer <laughs> PAC-12, but, um, but, you know, whatever, that are contacting us. And, and, you know, we're thinking about now NIL has to come up. We're thinking about, you know, how am I going to help my mother with her, with her rent? She needs like there's so many things going through young people's minds. And you mentioned that this is not a fully developed mind at this time. And what we do is we try to prove our worth, prove our masculinity, prove our macho-ness, and it leads down to toxic environments. It leads down to us second-guessing ourselves. It leads us down to beating ourselves up. And I'm telling everybody this because that was me. Like, I, I felt like I couldn't do it. Like, you're talking about a person who's won state championships in soccer, scholarships for soccer. I had coaches that want me to play basketball. And I'm second guessing if, if I'm good enough. I'm second guessing if I even deserve these things. And so if you're an athlete out here, I, I beg you just to be honest with yourself. And if you feel a way, say you feel a way. And if you're a coach listening, I'm telling you what, it might be hard to do, but you can't coach each player the same way. And I tell you right now, there, you could, as a player on the field, you could yell at me and I would respond. I wouldn't like it, but I would respond. And then I get the, 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 the positive affirmation afterwards. My brother, twin brother, you yelled at him, he's shutting down. He's shutting down. And the funny part about that is if you were to meet us or know us when we were younger, he would have been the quote-unquote more masculine, more macho one. But at the same time, you yell at him. How dare, it's like, how dare you yell at me? I'm done. Shutting down. So coaches and players alike, you, we have to be honest with each other. And if someone needs help, you don't say rub some dirt on it. That's when you shut up and listen. It's good advice, man. I tell you. Uh, hard advice to take, but good advice, you know, and that, and it, you were right to bring up the coaches, you know, so much of an athlete, a young athlete success is dependent upon his support group that's around him anyway. You know, he's got to have, he's got to have family involvement that absolutely supports his, his athletic endeavors. He's got to have the right types of trainers and coaches. Then he's got to have the right team coaches as well. You know, in many ways, it takes a, a bit of a community to really help an athlete be successful. And, and it would also take that same support group to recognize some of the signs and to understand if someone, you know, is thinking a little different or does need some help, you know? So I think, I think you're hitting right on it. I, I pose the question from how does a young athlete maybe reach out? And I love the, the response that you really kind of gave back saying, Hey, I hope a lot of coaches are listening to this mm -hmm. as well. I think that's a great perspective. Uh, let me ask you a little bit about physical fitness and how it kind of could tie to mental fitness as well. And one thing I'm just interested in is, are there any particular routines or exercises that, that are generic enough that you could mention that really kind of help you certainly physically, but also your mental health? 
Sure. And this is, this is great. And, and it's been scientifically proven that, you know, moving weight around and getting the heart rate up is, is definitely good for your mental health. I would say this before anything. Um, if you're used to working out indoors, like I'd say at least a couple times a week, get outside to do a workout, get outside in the sun, really get, you know, the blood flowing and get that sunshine on you, that vitamin D, because that's going to really boost your serotonin and some other things. And, and, and I'm not talking gibberish, like it's, <laughs> this is science <laughs> right now. And, um, you know, the thing we have, and, and I want young athletes to hear this and, and hear this well, because I work out at a gym near my house and every day without fail around two 30, you know, the kids get out of school and, and a bunch of them head over to the gym and you can see them in, in two, two places. And I'm sure people listening know where they are, the bench press and the squat rack. Those are the two, <laughs> the two places. And, um, I understand that young kids are, or are, they want to, you know, throw up as much weight as they can and, and they want to, you know, prove themselves to their friends and the opposite sex possibly. But you have to understand that your body is still growing. It hasn't reached full maturity yet. So you still have, you know, muscle fibers that are building yourself, tendons that are, that are growing. You still have, you know, bones that are developing. People who are late bloomers could, could grow three or four inches in college. So you really have to be careful with the heavy weights, um, Personally, if, you know, once my girls get to an age where they want to start working out, it's, it's a lot of going to be a lot of core, a lot of mobility. People underestimate how much they use their core. And this could be, and, and people understand, you know, pitchers, of course, catchers use their core, batters at the plate use their core. But, you know, changing directions in a rundown, changing directions for double plays, you know, anything that is really quick twitch changing direction getting up a catcher going from the crouch position to throwing to second base to get a runner you're using a lot of those core muscles so and i'm not talking about doing sit-ups and crunches things like that i'm talking about actually getting a routine where you integrate core into resistance training and body weight training and then making sure anything you do in regard to lower body and you're you know building that that base you do more, you know, lighter weights, more reps, and not really get the heavy stuff. You really want to take care of your joints. And, and please, if you if you hear nothing from this in regard to physical fitness, take care of your joints as a young person, because you will know once you hit twenty five and thirty if you take ask you know ask catchers who used to catch in the eighties. That I mean, how they feel now or 980s. I'm really aging myself. Ask catchers these catch in 2000s. I apologize. I keep you forgetting that. <laughs> but do things, resistance bands, kettlebell training, core training, light weights on the squats, making sure you're taking care of the low. And, yep. And I say squats, please do lower body. Don't be that guy that just does the upper body stuff. <laughs> but, um, but yeah. Mobility, joints, and core exercises are the things you really and, – and it's so, it's so transferable to other sports too. So if you're a two-sport, three-sport athlete, like those are definitely transferable. Good stuff again, man. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for everyone that's joining. We absolutely appreciate it. Thank you for supporting Now D1 Speaks. But, man, thank you for supporting Mark Pazon. 
uh, this evening he is, as he has come on. He's a certified personal trainer. He hosts a podcast, the Net Relatively Normal Podcast. Uh, he lives just outside of Atlanta. He's a Division One college athlete. Played soccer at Clemson. And I got to tell you, man, this has been a this has been a fantastic evening. I just really appreciate your perspective. Um, I think you've got real world advice, and you you've got practical advice that absolutely is going to help some people that are listening. So we've talked a little about some mental health and therapy, and we've talked a little about physical health and just training and so forth. How do you how how could a a, a young guy or, or girl, how could they really kind of strike that balance between maybe seeking professional help, whether it's a personal trainer or a, or a therapist, and really just kind of pushing forward and, and working on their own as well? What's, what's kind of a good balance between the two? You know, it, it's, and I'll go ahead and say this, I, I have no problem saying this, growing up in 2023, I don't know if, 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 if tougher is the word or harder is the word, but it's, it's different and it's unique because, and let's be honest, the main thing is social media. Um, there's so much just bad information that's given on social media. And unfortunately, it comes from, from young adults that are giving bad information. You can go and find so many people that tell you what not to eat, how not to work out what relationships not to have, what, what schools not to go to, what all this stuff not to do. Like when I was growing up, I had two people to tell me what not to do. It was my mom and my dad. And now you have the entire world telling you what you shouldn't do. So I'm telling you right now, do what makes you happy. And the reason I say that is because there's so many – Statistically, right now, kids are quitting sports at 16 in higher droves than ever before. And that is not hyperbole. That's not me making it up. Look it up. That's happening. And the reason is because we're putting so much pressure on kids not only to play sports, but to be good and to be great and to make this their life. And, and it, it's, it's unfortunate that we're putting this amount of pressure on kids. You can go to you know, any social media site today and see how many refs are getting bullied, how many umpires are getting bullied, calling games because parents are just out of control. Parents and fans are out of control. So what I tell people to do is that the moment they feel that something is not adding joy to their life, they need to question what role it plays in their life. I'm not telling you to quit a sport. That doesn't give you joy. I quit soccer my senior year in college because I, I didn't love it anymore. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I didn't love it. I wasn't going to play it professionally. I didn't want to. And I quit. However, I don't think that's right for everyone. And I think the best thing a young person can do that's going to affect both physically and mentally in finding that balance is, one, make sure you talk to somebody. It doesn't have to be a therapist. does not have to be a parent. doesn't have to be a coach. But every school has a counselor. Every school has somebody they can talk to. Every player like me has that coach with that different sport that they gravitate to. I had it. You know, so make sure you're not alone in your thinking. And secondly, and think this is the biggest thing, is sports, you don't have to love what you do. And the reason I'm telling you that is because so many college athletes, most of them do not go pro in their sport. 
they go pro in another profession, in a corporate profession, administrative profession, engineering, something like that. And most adults don't love their job. You will get you will get filled with this idea that you need to find something you love and get paid for it. Don't don't do that. Once money is involved, the love goes away. I'm telling you. That's why I, I do a podcast as a hobby. That's why I do woodworking as a hobby. That's why I coach as a hobby. I've been asked to coach an academy team to get paid for it. I don't want to. I don't want to get paid for something I love. My job is there. Don't get me wrong. I like what I do. But it's there to provide the financial you know, stability that I need to take care of my family and do the things that I love. So sports may do that for you. If a sport can pay for your college, then put it in that category. You don't have to love it, but it's a means to an end. And once we start basically fragmenting parts of your life, once you start putting it in these silos, I do this for this reason so I can do this, it's not going to encapsulate or, you know, take over your whole life. And that is so hard for people. I know I'm talking to people and like, I don't know what he's talking about. Well, re-listen to this recording and start to think about what sports means for you. Because if something doesn't bring you joy, say it doesn't bring you joy. That doesn't mean you have to quit it. That just means you know its place. Words have a major effect on how we think. Hey, guys, this is Mark Pezant. I tell you, he's good. Uh, I think the best way, there's many ways to reach him, and we'll, we'll list them all out. When we uh, when we publish this podcast, everybody will have an opportunity to to find you. But just I think probably the easiest way to really reach him is just LinkedIn. Just uh, just search Mark Pizant. He will answer questions if you just want to send him something. I think it's a great way that you can kind of do it somewhat anonymously. And uh, I think he's got real world help. Everything he's talking about absolutely makes sense. So Mark, let me ask you something. Just some real simple practical. Uh, tips that you could really provide for young athletes just to help them with their overall physical health and fitness. First thing I would say is, is kind of, if you're going to get a workout in, I would definitely do it in the morning. Um, like you mentioned, the way you do it, it, it gets your, it gets your energy levels up and it doesn't have to be overly stressful. You don't have to, you know, go, go to exhaustion. You don't have to do anything like that. You get up in the morning, have a glass of water, do some stretching, some easy exercises someday of the week, get the blood going. Uh, that's going to take care of the rest of your day for you. Um, make sure that you are getting the sleep that you need. I understand that it's very hard to get eight to nine hours of sleep every night. And it's funny you, you ask a question like this because of the shows that I do, so I do two podcasts. The other is a 6 a.m. run, which is for a nutrition and fitness company. But every time I have a fitness professional on there, it always comes back to three things. It always comes back to hydration, nutrition, and sleep. They can, I mean, you have the wildest workouts on TikTok and, and Instagram, and you have, the, you have these people doing whatever, and you talk to any any person who's worth their weight and they say, oh, make sure you're getting enough sleep. Make sure you're resting. Make sure you're drinking enough water and getting your electrolytes. Oh, and make sure you have a, you know, a healthy balanced diet, which includes your macros and your micros and, and you get your enough protein. I will say this. I want to make sure people understand this. 
go to a protein calculator online. There's a couple things that we as Americans do not get enough of, and this is, it, 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 and this is going to be something that that is really going to help you. I mean, there's there's a lot of minerals that we don't get enough of. The one of the biggest ones is magnesium. If there's any supplement that you you want to take any age, magnesium is something you need to look into. But also go to a protein calculator because if you're trying to build muscle, because the biggest thing, the two biggest differences between the high school game and the college game in any sport is the speed and strength of the athletes. Make sure if you're looking to build muscle, muscle is not built in the gym. Muscle is built during sleep. So make sure you get to that protein calculator and make sure you're getting the right amount. Good stuff right there, man. Magnesium. What's the big benefit that you get from uh, a supplement like magnesium? So magnesium, I'll, I'll tell you right now, magnesium, if, if there's a thousand things it does well, it really regulates your sleep. Hmm. It's, it's, and the, the good the thing about it is you can take it orally. There's, there's a pill that you can take it. I, I suggest you take it before you go to sleep. But topically, it gets into your body more efficiently and quicker. I didn't know that until I talked to a nutritionist on the show and I looked up and is absolutely correct. So um, it's, it's one of those things if, you know, a lot of us have trouble sleeping and anxiety is high for someone getting recruited and, and thinking about life decisions at 16. But you take that magnesium and it's going to help calm you down. It's, it's you know, one of, the, one of the best minerals we can take and, and a mineral across the board that we don't get enough of and it's really going to help regulate your sleep okay good stuff man i'm gonna check that out immediately i appreciate that very very much i learned something for sure so let me ask you something earlier you know um you you specifically uh were kind of bringing up coaches and 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 the role coaches play in athletes lives their mental life so let me ask you what could a coach and, and teammates what can they do that's pretty simple, straightforward, that would create more of a supportive, empath- empathetic type of environment if someone is struggling with mental issues? You, you just mentioned the word that I mention all the time is empathy. And I think empathy is one of those things that can be learned. Um, I... Fortunately or unfortunately, I was, I was born an overly empathetic person. And so I always like to think within the, you know, in the other person's shoes, I always like to put myself there. And a lot of people don't like to do it. Or let me rephrase that. A lot of people refuse to do it. Um, and it's one of those things where it's so simple yet we confuse, and again, this goes back to us complicating things. Empathy is as simple as listening. And how many times do we see the, the football movie or the baseball show or the basketball movie where a coach and a player are trying to talk over each other? And I understand there's a dynamic there where the coach is running the show. I understand that. But how many times do we see something where a player will come up and say something to the coach and an immediate reaction is this is my team. You do what I, I say or, or get off the team. And it's almost, I mean, it's, it's almost what we expect from coaches, but 
how many co- the, to the coach that's out there that before they respond, they pause, and there's power in pause, to that teammate that before they say, oh, you're okay, you'll get through it, just fight through it, man, you're fine. Before they say those cliche words, they pause for a second and think to themselves, maybe Mark's going through something. You know, maybe my best player, maybe my power forward, maybe my catcher, maybe my, my captain third baseman, who's usually very fleet-footed, usually very, you know, very agile. He's just slow a step. You know, maybe, maybe I ought to listen. Because too, too many times we get caught in the short term. What can you do for me now? It's like, no, what can we do for each other for the season, for these four years, for the playoffs? Every coach, if you ask them, hey, in this seven-game series, you can either have a mediocre third baseman for seven games or you can sit him out for the first one and have a great third baseman for six. Everyone would take this to the latter. Everyone would take a great third baseman for six rather than mediocre for seven. But put that in a real-life situation. And I understand that is very rigid. Don't get me wrong. I'm not here sitting in la-la. I understand that's a rigid analogy. However, think about it for a second. Because just taking a step back to listen to your teammate, to your players, to an assistant coach. I had an assistant coach in my, 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 my soccer team in, in high school that I was closest to that he was the one that came to me and started doing some, some basics again. He saw that I was out of rhythm. And he came and took me to the side and said, Mark, let's go through your basics again. I've been a three-year starter on a state championship team that was number one in the country my senior year. He took me and said, you're a little off your game. Let's go back to do some basics. And I'll never forget that 15, 30 minutes that he spent with me. And it got, it got my head back where it needed to be. And I'll never... Coach Patino, I'll never forget him for that. It's good, man. It's really good stuff. I have so enjoyed this evening. I hope you have as well, Mark. I hope you're getting something out of this. I love I love having these conversations, and and the more I have them, the you know the the more I want to do them because I I, <laughs> I want people to to understand that they don't have to be perfect. Like no one, like if you if you aim for perfection, you're always going to miss. So I, I want people to understand that. Man, it's good stuff. You're good. I've absolutely enjoyed it. I, and I'm thinking back, we'll kind of wrap it up maybe here with, with one last question. But I'm thinking back to your introduction again, man. Like right off the bat, you're like, you know what? I'm a father. I'm a husband. And oh, by the way, I also work. And I, I love that. And, and so I'm kind of thinking about how you've gotten to where you are in life, you, you know, and, and how you're able to kind of balance the different compartments of your life. So you know, what, how could you help out some young, some young athletes really trying to balance, you know, family, fitness, and mental health? You know, that's, that's something that I will tell you right now that I work on every day. Um, not a day goes by where I don't think about how I can, you know, do something with my girls or, or make sure my wife understands how appreciated she is or, or, or with the, the teams that, I, that I've coached you know, think about the things I can do for them. But in all honesty, and this is something that I learned 
late in life. I'm, I'm 44. I'm 22 years removed from, from college. I learned that the most important person in my life is me. And that sounds horrible coming out of my mouth so quickly just like that. But I want people to understand what I mean by that. I can't be a good father unless I take care of myself. I can't be a good coach unless I take care of myself. I can't be a good coworker unless I take care of myself. I cannot be a good husband unless I take care of myself. Um, all the things that are important to you, whether that be your job, your sport, recruiting, your teammates, your classmates, your parents, your hobbies, anything that you have in your life that means a lot to you, there's one common denominator, and it's you. It's literally you. The more and more you give of yourself, at a certain point, that cup's going to be empty. And the, the sooner you learn that you need to refill that cup often, which means taking care of your mental health, whether that's mindfulness exercises, therapy, meditation, going for walks, whatever, physical health, going to the gym, Pilates, yoga, running, swimming, hiking, whatever it is. And then there's that in-between. There's that people call it spiritual. Some people believe in religion. Some people call it energy, whatever it is. There's that in-between where you have to recharge your energy, recharge your batteries. If you, the, the sooner you learn to take care of yourself, and that is the most important thing, the sooner you'll understand that that's how you can help others and that's how you can take care of the rest of your life. Man, Mark, that's great advice. I mean, that absolutely is spot on. Hey, I will tell everyone that tomorrow night we're going to go and kind of get back into a, uh, an uncommitted athlete. We've got Tyler Straley coming on. He's out of Nevada. He's uh, 25, left-handed pitcher, outfielder, big-time athlete. He's got a 4.0 GPA. I know that he's got a bunch of schools that he's already talking with. I, I think you're really going to enjoy the story that he has and, and really kind of the, the projection that he's on as well. Hey, Mark, man, again, this evening has just been a blast. I, I really hope, and I can't imagine that we wouldn't be able to do this, but man, I hope we're able to stay in touch. I would love for you to come back on the show and um, maybe just do a little bit, some repeat, some rehash. But maybe let's cover some other topics as well. And I think you just have a lot to offer to, um, to everyone, but particularly just kind of young guys that are, that are trying to find their way and figure out what it is they want to be able to do in life. I, I, I would love to do that. And like I tell the, the parents of the girls and, and boys that I coach, like I'm, I'm not in this to help them be better athletes. I'm in here to be better humans. And I, I, I want to make sure that, I can, I can just be that coach that is invited to a graduation, you know, gets the wedding invitation, gets the phone call and says, coach, I'm really nervous about this game or coach. I'm really, you know, uh, I, I got finals this week and I'm just really like, I want to be that coach that never stops being a coach. And so I would love to come back on talk with you. Man, that's awesome stuff. I think we're going to end it here for uh, this evening. Thank you again very much, Mark Pazant. Absolutely appreciate you being a part of our show this evening. I appreciate it too. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dominate at the plate this season? Blast Baseball is the number one hitting improvement solution, trusted by more major league, college, and travel ball teams than any other. 
The blast sensor attaches to the knob of any bat, providing real-time feedback with every swing. Metrics are automatically sent to a smartphone app, generating insights that allow you to analyze and improve your hitting like never before. Go to BlastMotion.com and enter code NOWD1 and you will save $25 at checkout. Unlock your potential with Blast. Blast. 